0: The Pat Kenny Show with the Jaguar E-Pace, beautiful by design and dynamic to drive, delivering performance that is unmistakably Jaguar.
1: This is News Talk. Paulie, good morning.
0: Good morning to you, Pat.
1: Now, um, first of all, you want me to think about Christmas in the garden.
0: Why? I do. And that's that's what gardening is all about, Pat. It's about planning ahead. And at this time of year in mid-July, we start thinking about our Christmas dinner and growing new potatoes for your Christmas dinner. So in mid-July, the tubers of Christmas potatoes are available in garden centers. Beautiful varieties, Pat, like Charlotte, which is a lovely salad potato, Sharp's Express, if you want that really new potato flavour on Christmas Day with that thin skin that needs a little bit of steaming and is a beautiful f- flavour, Sharps Express is one to plant at this time of year. And you can simply grow it past in a pot, a container, in something like a veggie bag, in multipurpose compost. Put in about four or five tubers, cover them with, with compost, give it a good watering and sit it on your patio for the rest of the summer. The potatoes will kick into growth and will produce fabulous tubers by mid-December, at which time you can harvest them and use them for your Christmas dinner. So it's a novelty item, Pat. We always feature it at this time of year and uh, something lovely to do, something so lovely to okay. do with the children as well. And you will get four or five different varieties of Christmas potatoes available now in your local garden centre. Hmm. So they're well worth giving. Give, give, give them a go. Now, what, give them a grow. What about the the potato that roasts
1: well and gives you a lovely floury, um, a flowery consistency underneath the crispy skin.
0: Well, Maris Pier is a very good variety, Pat, or Pentland Javelin are two excellent varieties if you want that big roasted potato. And again, you can plant them at this time of year. Now, the main crop potatoes will, will all be available, your traditional cursed pinks and roosters and, and that. But this is more a novelty item to grow something with the family, with the kids for that Christmas dinner. And varieties like Sharps Express, Charlotte, Maris Peer and Pentland Javelin. And there's another lovely variety called Aran Pilot, which again produces nice big tubers which, again, you can roast um, or or use them as for steaming as well for the Christmas dinner. But they're all very, very easy to grow. Simply put them into pots of compost and grow them as a fun item uh, over the summer period and harvest them in late autumn, early December um, for the Christmas dinner.
1: Now... Questions And they're flooding in. I have a bamboo okay. which is seeding in the lawn and other areas. How can I get rid of the shoots uh, I've cut down? Too much of an area for me to dig out. Concerned about my grandchildren falling on them because yeah. these shoots are very sharp. That's from Mary yeah. McDonald. So yeah, and, trimming and, and... them away but leaving a sharp edge.
0: Absolutely. And bamboos are, can be dangerous and very invasive patch. So, when you're planting bamboo, be very careful where you position it. Close to a lawn, the undershoots, it's not necessarily that they're seeding. They're actually, the roots are coming up underneath the soil. So, they're coming out, the rhizomes are spreading out into the lawn. And that's a very common problem with bamboo. Now, what Mary can do is use a lawn weed killer, something like Dycofar or Greenforce is not just effective on broadleaf weeds, but will control the bamboo as well. So my, my advice is to not to cut that area for a couple of weeks, allow the shoots of the bamboo to show themselves, make up a mix of the dicofar or the green force, add a little bit of washing up liquid to the mix and apply it onto the young developing shoots of the bamboo and that will kill them off in that area without affecting the lawn. So it, it won't damage the grass, but will okay. eradicate the new shoots of the bamboo.
1: Another problem. Uh, please ask Poric, What's the most effective way to get rid of mare's tail or horse tail?
0: Do you know it, Pat? The mare's tail. Yeah. It's been with us. It goes back. It goes back 350 million years. I mean, it's it's a it's a very persistent uh, weed, um, and you know, it has been found back back at the in the dinosaur age. So it's it's survived. And traditional weed killers like Roundup are not effective with mares' tail. Having said that, you will find the uh, lawn weed killers that I mentioned earlier, the diacophar and Greenforce, will knock it back. But what I find, to be honest, because it only grows to about two feet, if you plant shrubs that are above that, so plants like Buddleias or Hydrangea's or Hypericum, if you plant them en masse in a drift pattern, they tend to suppress it. So mares' tail dislikes competition. And if you introduce plants that are taller and bulkier, that exclude the light from the plant, it it tends to suppress it rather than having to use weed killers. So I would favor actually adding competition to the mare's tail by planting larger plants, bulkier plants, close together so they and knitting together, so four or five of hypericum or Buddleia planted closely together, suppresses the weed and it's probably the best way of eradicating mare's tail, particularly in shrub borders and bed, beds. If it's in your lawn, then a traditional lawn killer, weed killer will control it or if it's on paths and driveways and it will come up through Tarmac Adam, again if you use if what we call a hormone-based weed killer or a lawn weed killer, they're very effective at knocking it back. Now you do need to be persistent, as persistent as the mayor's tail is, and it will take up to two years to eradicate it with using um, the lawn weed killer. So you have to persist with it. Okay. But um, but planting it, I think, is a better way.
1: Mm. Now, um, do you know what a nern is? N-e-i or n-e?
0: Pronounced Nearine. yes, okay. it's yes. Yeah, it's planted this from a one, bulb. This one's about one
1: that won't flower. Third year, okay. I've loads of leaves, no sign of flowers. They're in a raised bed with good drainage and sunshine. The bulbs were planted, as recommended, just under the soil. Some of the leaves turned yellow, I think, with the very strong winds three weeks ago. I keep them watered, gave them a little tomato feed this week. What am I doing Excellent. wrong? That's from Mary it, in the,
0: Cork. Mary is doing nothing wrong, Pash, because nearines don't flower until September. So they're... They're As Mary has described them, they're perfectly normal. They're green at this time of year. They're actively growing, but they don't flower until the autumn period. And so continue with the liquid feed, continue to water them, make sure that they're growing nice and strongly and look forward to the colour in September and October because neerines are absolutely beautiful when they come into flower. A beautiful cut flower, so easy to grow. And three years on, they'll definitely flower uh, this autumn for, for Mary. So it's it's just a timing patch. They don't flower they don't flower until the autumn. OK.
1: Sowed Kelvin pea back in April. Crop did well until a few weeks ago. Pods turned an off-white colour and foliage dried up and unhealthy looking. Can you advise? Also, would it be OK to plant winter cabbage and kale plants in the same area mm. when tidied
0: up? Absolutely. And peas, peas, anything in the pea family add not only the great for flowering and, and, and producing the pods, but they actually add a lot of nutrition to the soil because they're nitrogen fixators. So they add nitrogen to the soil, which is exactly what kale and winter cabbage love. So adding savoy cabbage or black kale or Italian kale at this time of year into that ground is, the, is an excellent idea. And they'll produce right through the winter. In terms of the, the uh, peas themselves, they have some mildew which is a, a powdery mildew. It's a white deposit that comes on the leaves and on the pods themselves. My advice is to take those plants out now because they're, they're going to just continue to regress. You won't get rid of the powdery mildew on them. And go ahead and plant your savoy cabbages and your kales and maybe some Brussels sprouts at this time of year for winter use.
1: What is the correct way to prune roses in summer? That's from Dan.
0: Well, Dan, all you're, all you're really doing at this time of year is deadheading the roses, which means we remove the old flowers, particularly after a bit of rain that we've had, Pat. The, the flowers and roses tend, can tend to look a little bit sad. And it's a good idea to remove any flowers that are beginning to go over. So Dan needs to follow the stem back to about six or eight inches below the, the old flowers prune it at that stage, give it a feed of a rose fertilizer and that encourages the rose to kick back into growth and to re-flower again. And we continually deadhead roses right up until October because they often flower up until Christmas. So it's a very, very good idea, particularly after heavy rain, after damp weather, to go out, trim back the roses just by deadheading, removing eight inches of the stem on the old flowering shoots, refeed, and look forward to plenty of colour for the autumn period. Okay.
1: I love this next question from Rita in Mayo. I have absolutely no green fingers at all. So what plants can I plant that need little or no attention but look good?
0: Ah, with (laughs) such a wide range... Um, so Rita, good things Things like the cottage garden plants, Pat, at the moment. So plants like hostas and penstemons and some of the lovely asters that are going to be coming into flower for the autumn. Sedums are really easy to grow. So perennial flowering plants, particularly those that are going to flower midsummer, like rudbeckias, are absolutely lovely. Um, and all the plants I mentioned can be planted now. They will flower this year. And more importantly, they'll come back next year again. And many of those plants, like the sedums and the rudbeckias, actually increase in size every year. So over time, you can divide them and plant them into new sections of the garden. So they're really good plants for filling up borders and beds, Great for beginner gardeners because they're so easy to grow. And by planting them now, you will actually get color this summer and every summer after that. But many of the garden shrubs too, Pat, like like some of the plants I mentioned as already, lavender, hydrangeas, they're so easy to grow uh, if planted at this time of year. And the soil conditions are absolutely perfect at the moment for getting new plants into the ground. They're, they're going to kick off straight away and, and be successful for you. Next
1: one from Geraldine. I have a 50-foot road frontage by the sea in West Clare. I want to plant a hedge or something that does not need trimming and will end up no more than four feet high.
0: What is your suggestion? OK, well, the considerations in seaside areas is, first of all, the wind. And secondly, the salt and salt by its nature is caustic. It burns plants. So you've got to get plants that would tolerate the seaside conditions. There are some couple of excellent hedges to recommend. So Escalonia, there's a lovely one called IVI, which is a white flowering Escalonia. It's actually in flower at the moment. It grows to about four feet in height. It's very, very easy to grow and tolerates the salt and the wind really well. Not only does it flower in the summer, it flowers right up until October, but it retains the foliage in winter as well so that 's an escalonia called ivi it 's a lovely white flowering variety there are there are other varieties patch that in with different colors um, so you know escalonia would certainly be a choice. The other plant that I find grows really well is silver edge which is iliagnus abengii again ask in your local garden center it's got silver foliage small white flowers but again it tolerates the salt air really well so either those varieties will tolerate seaside conditions but also they're evergreen both flowering and um, you can give them a light trimming every couple of years but they don't need regular pruning
1: Nola has a question. I have a Japanese maple which is white powdery stuff and little black scabby things which rub off. Also, I picked all the beans in one go off, French beans, they were starting to develop beans inside the pods. Left too long I realize now. Will they develop more flowers and beans or should I dig them up?
0: No no they'll they'll reflower again and, and that's the thing with French beans, with runner beans. Even sweet peas or peas, you need to crop them on a regular basis because the function of any plant is to produce seed and reproduce itself. If we stop it from doing that by taking the pods off early, you kick the plant back into reflowering again. so liquid feed the French beans take the, the pods have been taken from them they 'll come back into flower within two weeks. And they'll produce pods within five to six weeks. So, can pick them when they're quite small. That's important with French beans, and that encourages them to reflower again, but feed them as well. In terms of the Japanese maple path, that again is powdery mildew, which is very common at the moment. And we tend to get a lot of powdery mildew on trees and shrubs. It's like a small dusting of flour on the edge of the leaves, and we tend to get it after dry weather. So if plants come under a little bit of stress during dry weather, or they get dry themselves in pots or containers or in the garden soil, they are more susceptible to mildew attack. It's only a temporary thing. It will, um, you know, once the leaves fall in the autumn, the, the plant will come back perfectly healthy again. If you want to prevent it for next year, put on a treatment called Fungus Clear, which is a fungicide which helps to prevent powdery mildew on Japanese maples.
1: A final, a very quick one, Porik. I have a white hydrangea. Will it always be white, or can I change the colour?
0: No, they tend to be white, patch. Any of the varieties, any of the white... No, there are varieties, for example, like Vanilla Freeze, which starts white and changes to a beautiful strawberry colour in summertime. And many of the um, white flowering varieties will have a tinge of pink as the flower tends to mature, but you won't change them to blue. So blue, pink varieties you can change to blue by putting on the hydrangea colourant in springtime, but the white varieties tend to stay white but there are varieties like vanilla frieze, vanilla mean, meaning white, Freeze meaning strawberry, and the plant actually has the two colours in the one flower. It's a beautiful variety to plant at this time of year.
1: All right, Porik, we have to leave it there. Porik Horkin, a horticulturist and, of course, member of the Horkin Garden Centre family. Porik, thank you very much. That's all we've time for. All of today's show will be available online very soon. Wherever you get your podcasts, just search for The Pat Kenny Show.